this morning um, and uh, this year, in fact, I'm, I'm excited because everything that I'm hearing kind of ties into it in, a, in another way or in a general way, but uh, we really have set our theme for this year on intentional transformation, on being a year that we're really looking and intentionally believing for something to happen. And let me just go back to uh, even in the area of our finances. You, if for, in order for your financial situation to change, just on a natural level, you have to do something different. If you don't have a budget, you need to get a budget. You need to know where we, we do financial peace, and the first thing they make you do is establish a budget. Amen. And so that you know where your money goes. Where's my money going? People say, well, I just never have enough money. Well, do you have a budget? No. Well, then how do you know where your money's going? You should track everything and find that out. And then people say, I don't have any money to give. Well, where's all your incidental money going? <coughs> Amen. How much you spend on Starbucks, fast food? I see all kinds of people, I don't have no money. Well, you always got a Starbucks in your hand. No wonder. It costs them 75 cents to make that drink, and they charge you $6.75. Hey, man, it's kind of like going to the casino. The only one getting rich is the casino. Amen. They say, well, I'm going to go gamble. I'm going to believe God for a breakthrough. They put a $42 million overpass in there knowing they'd pay for it by you. You ever think about that? It cost him $42 million just to get you off the freeway to the place. I'm preaching real good right now, and I'm not getting very many amen. Because they know, man, the, 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 the house always wins. Are you doing all right? So if you track that stuff down and you find it, but anything like that has to be intentional. Praise the Lord. So this morning, we're just going to take a walk. Open your Bibles up to Joshua chapter 6. And uh, I don't know about you, I just get uh, irritated every now and then by the devil. Amen. And going into this year, I'm believing for some intentional transformation, not just in, but, but in every area of our life. And one of the main areas is in the area of people walking in the authority that is ours in Christ. We have authority in Christ. Can you say amen? We're saying that. We have no, you have, you know. <laughs> of course, is the name above all names. We're declaring this. But we need to understand that is a truth. It's not just a song. That is a truth from the Word of God. And so this morning, I want you to get a hold of Joshua chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. Now, Jericho was securely shut up because. Everybody say because. Because of the children of Israel, none went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given you... Into your hand, see, I've given Jericho into your hand, its kings and mighty men of valor. Now look, at they're on the outside of the city, these massive walls, wide enough that you could drive chariots around on top of the walls. Massive, massive walls. And God says, that city on the other side of that wall and everything in it, I've given to you. And so there's a promise declared, but it's on the other side and there's opposition before them to possess it. Are you with me? So it's there. And look what the Lord said. <clears throat> I've given into your hand as king and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city. You, uh, All you men of war, you shall go around the city once. Then this you shall do six days. Verse 4. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horn before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. And then it shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, 
that all the people shall shout with a great shout. Then the wall of the city will fall down flat, and all the people shall go up, every man straight before him. Now, how many know that sounds like a pretty weird plan for taking a city? Hey, man, that makes no sense at all. They wouldn't take a city. In fact, it was funny. I was doing some research looking for some clips and things to put up. And, and, and one of the clips about the walls of Jericho coming down says this. Was the, were the shofars alien weapons? Yeah, probably. Amen. I know this, that the, 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 the declaration came from another world. Amen. But the rams came from Right here, praise the Lord. <laughs> so think about it. Go with me also to Ephesians chapter 6. <laughs> I loved it. Could the shofars be alien weapons? That was awesome. Ephesians chapter 6. And I put a lot of scripture in your outline today, and we're not going to read it all, but it's there because I want you to study this and get this. Ephesians chapter 6, beginning in verse 10. First word in verse 10 is finally. Finally. Or the conclusion of this is. Let me wrap this up. Let me make the last declaration, my brethren. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of... What? His might. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Look, it's just like I said. God says He supplies seed to the sower. We declare it all the time. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Okay, so God is a supplier in our life. And when we start living by our supply. Uh, the, the other day, on this last week on Wednesday, uh, our neighbors are Jehovah Witnesses and the uh, uh, Little Wendy goes out with them and goes, and they go door to door. And, and, and the one little lady that picks her up and drives her and that, she likes coming over. She thinks she's going to get the preacher saved. <laughs> Amen. So she always comes over every month with the new watchtower and stuff. So this month she did it, and uh, she comes over, and we got to talking about different things. And then all of a sudden, they start, I start asking about heaven and different things. Then they start talking about the Trinity. And I said, well, let me see your Bible. So I just took her Bible, and we talked to her. Because once you take their Bible, they can't leave. I used her Bible. I said, do you want to know? So we talked for a few minutes outside. I said, well, come on in where it's warm. And so they've got them in the house. We sat down in the living room there. And we just talked the word for about two hours. Amen. But the sad thing was, is that with them, is that they have no hope. They, 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 there is no joy and doing everything else. And, and, it, and it came down that their whole explanation was just them and their own strength. Everything they're doing is their own strength and stuff. But here God is saying that God is working with us. Amen? It's by His finding my opinion. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Look at verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wilds. Let me just back up for a moment. We ended the conversation. I said, how in the world do you get uh, the, Jesus to be the archangel Michael? How, do you, how does that happen? What scriptures do you use for that? They go, that's a good question. We'll have to look that up and come back to you. I said, good. I look forward to that conversation. <laughs> Amen. Because they're going, well, how, do you, how does God get into, you know, uh, and I said, that, I said, how do you get an angel into, a, into Mary's womb? That's a bigger miracle to transform an angel into an embryo. And, and they're looking at me with this blank stare. 
Because they go, wait a minute, I, I, I never really thought about what I believe. I said, that's awesome, amen. <laughs> so watch it. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against all the what? Wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having gird your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, means praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in other tongues, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplications, for the saints. And Paul said, pray for me too. Amen. So say this with me. It's time to take a stand. Time to take a stand. Matthew 11 and verse 12. Jesus said, the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Or in other words, the kingdom forcefully advances. Or in other words, if you're going to possess the promises of God, you're going to have to do it intentionally. In order for that to happen, there's going to have to be some transformation, some renewal in your mind in that area. Luke 22, verses 35 through 38, Jesus says, When I sent you out before, I told you not to take anything, not to bear anything. He says, Now when you go, get some money. If you don't have a sword, go buy one. And he said, Be equipped for battle. You can read it all later, but he said, before I sent you out, I told you not to take anything. But now as you're going out, you're going to have to go out, be prepared, and be prepared for battle. So look at this first thought in your outline there. Where we have been does not have to determine where we are able to go. Slaves can become free through renewal. Slaves can become free through renewal. But you have to renew your mind that I'm no longer a slave. We sing that song. I, I'm no longer a slave to fear. fear. Okay? Slave can be free through renewal. We must be able to discern and understand that some things are shut up from us and some things are shut up because of us. God said to the nation of Israel that Jericho is shut up because of you. Or the enemy has locked things up and made it look like you can't have it. But it's closed because, not because it's being kept from you. It's closed because it belongs to you. Now you're looking at me like the Jehovah Witness. <laughs> hey then. See, it's time to take a stand. Time to rise up and fight to possess all that is ours through Christ. Time to aggressively pursue His purpose for our lives and to break through the lies and deception of the enemy which have held God's people in passive place of complacency for far too long. It's not God's will that His people be in a place of passive complacency. Just letting life happen to them. Last Sunday morning, I wrote this down as we were worshiping, and, and I didn't share it, but the, the word of the Lord spoke this to me. He says, you cannot receive the life of my word by speaking death. Your words must agree with mine. I've released my angels over you as ministering spirits unto you as the heirs of salvation. But they listen and respond only to the voice of my word. So God has declared that angels are there to minister to you and I, but they only respond to His Word. They don't respond to our emotions. They don't respond to anything else. That's why it's so powerful when you speak and declare the Word of God. 
Think about this morning. That takes intentional transformation. In light of Calvary and the cross, every argument against our faith and the right we have to possess all that is ours in Christ loses. Hebrews 7.25 declares that Jesus is able to save to the uttermost those who come to him and that he ever lives to make intercession for us. We need to live the truth and take it to others. Could you say amen? We need to do that. See, we are living in a day when everyone but hell is becoming passive. Come on, I was surprised at the women's march they just had. What kind of a day are we living in when women are walking around dressed in female body parts? Dressed up like female genitalia. Are you listening to me? And wearing hats and stuff like that. And then there were guys out there wearing the same kind of hat. I said, I, that dude just need to be slapped. Wake up. Are you listening to me? But we look at that. And so look at how aggressive hell is. And we're being passive. But God says, hey, I've given you the land. You're supposed to walk in authority. They possibly not to say that in church. Why? You're seeing it everywhere else. Look inside your outline. Look what it says. The Lord said to Joshua, it says, I have given into your hand. When you read your Bible, you know what you're holding? Holding every promise that God has given into your hand. Everything in here belongs to you. But it doesn't come without a fight. Why would Paul say, finally, put on the whole armor of God. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. That means there's engagement that must be involved in our lives. Are you with me? We need to stop. So many times we just have a welfare mentality with God. We think God's going to provide for us for us doing nothing. That's the mentality of our world today. God's going to provide for people. The government's going to provide for you because you don't do anything. Amen. That isn't the way it works. God is a responder. We act and He moves. Hallelujah. See, we need to stop and take a survey of all that God has placed into your hand. Think about it. Don't hesitate too long, though. Too many have majored in surveying. We're just surveying everything. We're looking all the time, but we're not moving. At the nation of Israel, he said, go spy it out. Go, go take your survey. Go look at it. See if it isn't everything I told. But after you've surveyed it, after you've done it right now, we're drawing up plans for our new sanctuary. But I just don't want to put plans and put a picture up on the wall. I want to build the thing. Amen. I want to make it happen. And so you, you can't just do that. You have to wait. People say, well, wait. Shouldn't we wait, wait till it's completely paid for, till we have all the money we need? No. Get in there, get going. Amen? Get in there, get going. Because God said He supplies. Amen? So, too many have majored in surveying, always looking at it and never going after it. See, it says, Joshua said, all ye men of war, all ye men of war, God's given it to him. So what do we do? Follow God's plan. Get in the flow. He said, march six days around, but keep silent. And then on the seventh day, march seven times, and then shout. Every now and then there has to be a shout in your life. Every now and then there has to be a time where you just, you're sensing the Spirit of God and God puts a Holy Ghost shout that just causes you to declare and break through. Say, it's not enough. It's over. It is finished. Whatever God gives you, you need to declare it. Can you say amen? amen. See, and then next, he said, shout with a great shout. To shout with a great shout. And they follow God. And you know what? Exactly what he said. They didn't know what was going to happen. God didn't tell them, hey, when you shout, the walls are coming down. But he said, this is how you're going to get in. They had no idea. It doesn't say the walls will crumble when you shout. He just said, you march around. And this is how you're going to take the city. You're going to march around. He didn't say on the seventh day when you shout, they're just going to be leveled. 
He just gave them the plan. And, and I imagine they're standing there looking, wow, we had no idea that would happen. That's way cool, amen? So think about that. When you know what he has given to you, it's easy to shout with a great shout. See, think about it. They were not told to, uh, to talk about or discuss their circumstances. Hear me this morning. That's part of what the word of the Lord. Quit talking about your circumstances. I'm so sick. I'm so achy. I'm so this. I'm so that. Let me just give you a word from the Lord. Please shut up. Do yourself a favor. Get on your own team. Amen. I mean that with all the love that I can muster. I'm serious. So I'm talking fear. I'm talking doubt. I'm talking sickness. I'm talking disease. Everything else. This last week, I started having sniffles. Somebody asked me, are, are, you, are you catching a cold? I said, no, I'm not chasing a cold. In order to catch it, I'd have to be chasing it. I mean, I'm not chasing sickness and disease. People, we ask people that all the time, are, are, you, are you coming down with something? No, I'm rising up over something. I mean, you know what I'm saying? But, but as long as we're speaking death, we cannot believe to receive life. That's why James says, how can good and evil come, how can blessing and cursing come out of the same fountain? We, we, come on, this takes intentional transformation. You have to just, God said, just walk around, don't talk. March around the city six times, but don't talk. I'm sure people want to say, you think this is really working? This is the stupidest thing I've ever done. I don't understand. Joshua, I think Joshua lost his mind. And we got to be dumber than him because we're doing what he said. How many know that was going through some minds? He never done battle like that. You don't just walk around cities with your mouth closed and do nothing for six days. Look one another, what are you doing? Taking the city. Yeah, right. So, what God asks you to do never makes sense to your mind. And so, but as you start reasoning upon it with your mind, you're never going to figure it out. Are you with me? So you start talking. And so God said, walk around there, but don't say anything. Keep silent and wait for the time to shout. Hallelujah. See, the walk of obedience brings faith and victory. Walk in obedience and meditate. Go, go back one more, guys. Oh, I missed that. I didn't put it in there. I'm sorry. My bad. Okay. But, but in there, the walk of obedience, it's there in your outline. The walk of obedience brings faith and victory and walk in obedience, excuse me, walk in obedience and meditate on the word of the Lord. And so when you walk in obedience, you get to blow the horn, you get to shout the shout, and you see the victory. Amen? Now, look at this next point. The knowledge of God brings victory. The knowledge of God brings victory. Meaning you're going to have to renew your minds to the knowledge of God. Doing things God's way. And there are times that, that I get upset, but even at the body of Christ. You know, the Bible says we need to start believing in all that God says we can do. I mean, know the Bible says that these signs will follow them that believe. These signs will follow them that believe. They will lay their hands on the sick and they shall recover. I'll never forget it. Years ago, Norville Hayes made a statement. A preacher around a long time ago. Norville Hayes said, he, just hold up your hand and say, see, see those two things on the end of your arms? You know what those are? What are these right here? Hand. You know what Jesus said they're for? To put on sick people. 
Amen. These signs will follow them that believe. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. That's what it said. These signs will follow them that. These signs will follow them that. So if I'm afraid to lay my hands on somebody who's sick, I must not be a. Doing all right? Just go, but what would happen? Just like what? Why? Just like walking around. Well, I don't see why it would work walking around the wall, you know, and just waiting. And then it said to shout it. I, I don't see how laying on my hands would help. Come on, take God at His word, act on the word, do the word by faith, and believe God to produce the result. God didn't tell them to produce. He said, "You do what I see, and you'll see the results that I said would come through your life." Are you with me this morning? That's what faith does. Faith just gets out of the natural and believes God regardless of how stupid it looks. You guys are looking at me like Jehovah Witnesses again. <laughs> Amen. So think about it. See, avoid words without knowledge. Go, go with me to Job chapter 38. I just want to read you. See, in the book of Job, the book of Job's a cool book. It's got a lot of great stuff in it. And a lot of times people say good things. But it's just misapplied. Job chapter 32, verse 1, because everybody's talking about what's going on in Job's life and what's happened. Everybody's got an opinion about everything, why he's going through what he's going. Chapter 38, verse 1, then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind. He says this. He said, who is this who darkens counsel by words without knowledge? That's a powerful verse. Who is this that darkens counsel? Whose counsel is being darkened? God's counsel. By words without knowledge. So he says to Job, verse 3, Now prepare yourself like a man. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions and you're going to give me an answer. And then God asked him three chapters of questions. <laughs> and none of them could be answered except you, God. I don't know. I don't know. You. I just have to believe you and trust you. Amen? I doing all right? So that happened. See, Psalms 94 and verse 10 through 13 tells us that God's knowledge instructs us. 2 Chronicles 1, chapter 10 to 11, Solomon says, Hey, the task before me to lead this is too great. God, I need you to give me your wisdom. 2 Chronicles 9, uh, 22 through 23 is when we see God's wisdom display. 2 Chronicles 30, 22, Hezekiah restores the order of worship, goes back to the truth of God's word. Proverbs 24, turn to Proverbs 24. Are you doing all right this morning? Come on, I just get mad at the devil. Sometimes I just want to preach to torque him off. I'm tired. We got too many people facing critical issues in their life. Amen. We have people fighting chronic diseases, serious diseases, life-threatening conditions in their life. I want to see those things broken in Jesus' name. Come on. Proverbs 24, verses 3 and 4. Through wisdom a house is built. By understanding it is established. By knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. What a powerful promise. The God's word through wisdom. God is a source of all wisdom. Look at that. By understanding it is established. By knowledge its rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Hallelujah. Exodus 31. God has given us wisdom and knowledge to perform certain tasks. When we start building, it's always amazing. I went back out looking at the Lord's gym. I had a list of all the different people that used their skill to help us when we built the Lord's gym. And it saved us over $100,000. 
in the construction of that gym. And so same thing's going to happen in re- remodeling this place and doing things. People, God's going to give us people with skills and talents and ability. God gives us that. Can you say amen? 1 Samuel 2 and 3 says, The Lord is the God of knowledge. So watch this, though. In order to possess my inheritance, I must drive out the inhabitants of the land. Somebody is living on your stuff. Amen. Somebody is living on your stuff. And they're not going to leave without a fight. How many know sickness and disease doesn't go out without a fight? Go back to that, guys. <coughs> Look what it says. Put on the full armor of God. Why does God give us armor if we're not intended to fight? Are we supposed to stand up and dress armor and not, not do anything with it? No. We're, we're there to wage war. Are you with me? This is the battle. Fight the good fight of So I want to encourage you today, get involved in the fight. This is a year of intentional transformation. And part of that transformation is, God, I'm going to think with a warrior's mindset. I'm going to be a possessor, not just somebody who's just sitting back in that place of surveying. Can you agree? Amen? So look at dominion was given in a perfect world in order to to subdue it. Having dominion and being told to subdue does not describe a passive posture for a man. Take dominion and subdue. Have authority over it. In other words, we're called to rule and to reign, not to be ruled over. Go go, go with me to Colossians chapter 1. You still with me? Amen. We're going to have a time of prayer here in just a minute. How many believe that Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave? How many believe in doing that he conquered the devil? How many believe the devil, your adversary, is a defeated foe? Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 says this. He has delivered us. Somebody say delivered. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of His Son. Amen. The Son of His love. He's delivered us and we're in the kingdom of God. We're not under the rule, the reign, the authority of the enemy anymore. So we don't have to allow ourselves to do that. We're in the kingdom that reigns over darkness. Could you shout amen? And so in that, that's where we stand. But you have to exercise your dominion in order for that to come to pass. Think about it. That's what Jesus said in Genesis 21. God gave it to man. Matthew 28, God gave, the Lord gave it in the Great Commission. Authority has been restored to fallen man through our redemption in Christ. Look at this. There's purpose and responsibility, though, comes with authority. We're to be walking in the authority of Christ. That's what we're called to do. You are called. Once you get born again, you're born again. Your, your, your spirit is made alive unto God. You're filled with the Holy Spirit. God gives us power, and He gives us authority over all the power of the enemy, and we're to be walking in the authority of Christ. Hallelujah. But the purpose there, look what He said. The anointing was always to set captive free, to retake what was stolen. Luke 24, 39. If the, th- if, if the owner of the house had known the hour, he w- and then it also says that, that the enemy is bound through the work of the cross in Matthew 25. So we are to be walking in a pre-purchased authority, the finished work of Calvary. Look at what A.W. Tozer said. I love this. It says, no man is better for knowing that God in the beginning created the heaven and the earth. 
The devil knows that. So did Ahab and Judas Iscariot. No man is better for knowing that God so loved the world, world of men that he gave his only begotten son to die for their redemption. In hell there are millions who know that. Theological truth is useless until it is obeyed. Wow. Look at that. The purpose behind all doctrine is to secure moral action. What a statement. That when I hear this and I believe it, it should move me. And, and morality is, is, is a direction. I, I move in a moral direction, in a right direction, in the direction of truth, in the direction of justice. Are you with me? And the Word of God puts it into action. Just knowing doesn't do it. Understanding and getting that, there has to be that corresponding action. Or in other words, we're given authority. Think about it. We are to be walking in a pre-purchased authority, the finished work of Calvary. The purpose is to replenish, subdue, exercise dominion, replace, conquer, keep the enemy under our feet. But it only happens through intentional transformation. Say, Pastor, what are you preaching? I'm preaching on the authority of the believer. Look at this next part. This is what we're declaring. I'm declaring to you today the authority of the believer. Jesus said to his disciples, I'm giving you the keys of the kingdom. And whatever you allow on earth will be allowed in heaven. Whatever you disallow on earth will be disallowed in heaven. I'm giving you authority to bind and to lose. To have dominion, to rule and to reign. Think about it. There's no inheritance without a battle. Yours will not be served on a silver platter. It will be taken through the good fight of faith. Hear that. Yours will not be served on a silver platter. Nobody gets an inheritance just by waiting for it to come in the kingdom. You fight for it. You possess it. The Lord said, go and look at the land I've given you. And then he said, now go drive out those that are living in your place. Dispossess. And you and I, we do that spiritually, the enemy. And you're going to see it here in a moment. So stay with me. Think about it. 2 Timothy 1.18, Paul said, Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. Paul's, in 2 Timothy 4, Paul says, I've kept the faith. I've run my core. Joshua 18, 1 through 10, Joshua asked the, the, the people there, and he says, how long will you neglect to go in and possess what has already been given to you? God's saying, the, Joshua's saying, how long until you walk in the authority that belongs to you? I want you to hear me this morning. Every one of you, you're born again. Almost all of you, as far as I know, are filled with the Holy Ghost, praying in other tongues. What an amazing power God has given to you. Are you listening to me? But now it's time to exercise that. We're waiting for God to move, and He's waiting for us to start walking. Hallelujah. Why are we content to hold on to just a cluster of grapes when God has given us all the land? They should have risen went in. They spied out the land and brought back a cluster, and they were willing just to take that and go home. We saw it. We saw everything. It's everything He said it was. But there's also opposition there. And, and Joshua and Caleb just said, hey, we're well able to whoop them. We're well able. Let's go up at once. They're nothing. They'll be nothing to us. Amen. Even though they look larger. Amen. See, we must be willing to rise up and fight for all that is ours in Christ through the promise of God and the force of our faith. Many hesitate because of questions like this. What can I do? I felt so sad for because one of the Jehovah Witnesses that was there was just a young man. I was in his mid-twenties or something. Just a young man. But he studied a lot. But, but he was just, had, everything was just in its box. Every answer he had was in its box. 
Well, wait a minute. And he kept going back to his boxes. I said, you know, God doesn't fit very well in boxes. <laughs> Amen. You, you just can't. And so with that, we, we, we get God, what, what can I do? God never asks you. It's not about what you can do. It's what God, if you ever get this, God is not asking what you can do. He's trying to declare what he, want, what he wants to do through you. He's only asking for you and I to agree. Listen to what he said to the nation of Israel. If you will agree with what I'm asking you to do, I will give you the city. And all you have to do, all I'm asking you to do is walk around the city. And when God asks us to do things, He asks us to do it in such a way that He gets the glory, not man. Last week, Pastor Cole preached a great message, but he talked about Gideon. And he said, found Gideon, who thought he was nobody, and told him he was a mighty man of valor, that he was going to be the deliverer of his people. And then when Gideon sends out the call, all this help shows up. 30,000 men show up, and God says, that's too many. Because if I give you the victory that many, you'll say you won it yourself. You'll take credit for the victory. So they weaned it down a little bit more. He says that's still too many. And when it got down to 300, when it got down to where it was impossible but men, but possible with God. When God's asking you to move, it always looks impossible with men. And that's why Jesus says what is impossible with men is possible with God. And that's where God's asking you and I to live. And that's what we take a stand for. But that only comes through intentional transformation and renewing our mind to the truth of His Word. And then we ask, what, so we question ourselves. What can I do? And then what will He do to help me? In other words, we question God. And then we say, what will release His provision, promise, and blessing into my life? The lack of proper knowledge and understanding. Obedience releases God's Word in our life. See, questions provide the evidence that there is a lack of knowledge. Hosea 4, 6 declares that my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And we hear that all the time. But the, the, the convicting part of that verse is the second half that says because they have rejected knowledge. And so if I go, wait a minute, if, if I don't take the word and believe the word, then I'm actually putting it aside and I'm rejecting the word. But no, I'm not going to reject I want to embrace it. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to act the fool. Can you shout amen? amen. I'm going to act the fool and believe God and see the promise come to pass. Hallelujah. Through knowledge, the righteous are delivered. Proverbs 11:9 says. See, the first step to receiving your promise is helping others receive theirs. It's interesting. There are some folks on the other side, and, and, and two tribes got their inheritance on the other side, so we're going to take it over here. And God said, that's cool, you got yours, but you don't get to enjoy it till everybody else gets theirs. You send all your men, and you're going to help. And so when you live to see others receive their promise, just today, why am I preaching like I'm preaching? Because God has declared an inheritance to you. And there's something that stirs up on the inside of me, and, and I get fired up when I see God's people being beat up by a bully. Hey, Ben, we have it all the time. We don't want bullying in school, bullying in anything else. But yet bullying is going on in the church all the time where we're allowing the devil to run roughshod over our lives. He's a bully. What do you do with bullies? You punch them in the nose, they run. They're, they're bluffers. Are you with me? Hey, Amen. Rear back and sock him one. Suck his block off. Amen? Hallelujah. So think about it. Your enemies will be those that you let remain. Do not, 
Excellence is not a destination. It's a continual process of transformation into who God wants us to be. We keep pressing for excellence. Keep striving for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ. Amen? We keep pressing in. Keep growing. Keep moving in transformation. Think about it. See, when we allow enemies to remain, I don't have time to go all the way through this. Numbers 33, God says to the nation of Israel, He says, you're going in and you must completely dispossess them. Because it is the thing, those that you allow to remain will become thorns in your side and pricks in your eye. And it's, it's a terrible challenge to them. And He says, if you let them remain, I will do to you what I determined to do to them. Allowing them to, to reign in your life brings you under the same judgment that I have for them. And that's what Christians do. Well, why can't I do this? Why can't I do that? Why can't I do this? Why can't I do that? Can I still do this? Oh, well, why do you want to do all the stuff that led you into bondage? Amen. I said it a long time ago. I said it's amazing. Christians want to get saved but not live free from what they were delivered from. When God delivers, but I still want to invite that bondage back into my life. Give it a play. What you allow to remain, those are the things that rise up against you. Your enemies are the things that you and I, in every one of our life, everybody has different issues. Everybody faces different temptations. But it's the stuff that we allow to remain. We have the authority to dispossess that stuff, but it's the things we allow to remain. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 and 6, that we've been given weapons of warfare for a reason been given the weapons of our warfare divine inheritance comes through knowledge and knowledge brings victory my life is dependent upon what i know see politicians weren't the first to have a platform to educate children so that no child would be left behind the will of god is that all would possess what belongs to them could you say amen that's god's will for our life as the worship team comes back hear me this morning the new birth completes your spirit you are now alive unto God, and God is able to hear and God, and you are able to hear His voice and receive His wisdom and knowledge. But now I must still rise up and take possession of what is mine. Most do not and will not do this. So hear me very clearly. That is why today so many are sick, poor, bound, sad, lacking, fearful, depressed, worried, confused, distressed, and stressed out. Everybody look up here real quick. I can give an altar call anywhere I preach, anytime. This church, any church, it doesn't matter. And I can say, if you are here today, I can say in the house of believers, if you are here today and you are sick, you, you don't have provision in your life, you feel like you're bound up, you're sad, you're lacking, you're fearful, you're depressed, you're worried, you're confused, you're distressed and stressed out. Come on up. God wants to set you free. You fill the altar up. Amen. <sighs> Awesome. Wait a minute. We're the overcomers. We've been given the authority, but we're allowing the enemy, the oppressor, to hold on to it. It comes through intentional transformation. We have a land and an inheritance to possess, but there are inhabitants that are there living there, and they must be driven out before we can truly possess what is ours in Christ. It's already yours. It already belongs to you. It has already been paid for. Come on, when I look at the cross, it declares that Jesus has already paid for it. You must now dispossess the inhabitants of your land. What is that? Old life issues, fears, devils, mindsets, and excuses. Never give yourself an excuse to fail in your walk with God. 
Come on, rise up. I don't put up with this anymore. I can stir myself up. I can pull myself up here. Is ready to take a stand. If you feel like there's just been in a season, I just feel like just punching the devil. Just square in the nose today as hard as I can. Amen. Anybody want to punch him? Amen. Okay, if you want to take a breakthrough in any area, if there's any area in your life, don't miss what I said, but just because I said that about those areas, but this is how we do it. It's time to say, man, if you're dealing with any one of those areas, sick, poor, bound, sad, lacking, fearful, depressed, worried, confused, distressed, and stressed out, old life issues, fear, devils, torment, mindsets, excuses, then get up here right now. Let's punch the devil right in the face. We're taking a stand right now, Dave. This is it. This is our line in the sand. We're going to march around the city. We're going to just be quiet. We're going to wait for the Lord. And then we're going to declare and shout with a great shout. Hallelujah.